Welcome to the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast, where we explore popular practices, songs, and ideas in the modern church world in the light of Sola Scriptura and Tota Scriptura. I'm Cody Fields, the president of the Noseminster family of guitar effects. You can check us out at westminstereffects.com and make sure you join in the discussion on the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge on Facebook. You can, as always, thank John for that super long title. Uh, I'm not joined in person by Bradley Cox of Resurrection Church, nor am I joined uh, by grumpy church nerd and Augsburgian Christian John Ross in Lincoln, Nebraska. However, I am joined via Skype by one Cade Fainer in Nashville. What's up, Cade? Hey, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. On the yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, you are the I think you're the most recent addition to the Westminster Effects yes. <laughs> artist roster. I had to, I have to have been. It's just been so recent, yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. I really am. Yeah, we're glad to have you on. So you have the Calvin compressor. How are you liking yes. it so far? I love it. Uh, we so you sent it to me. What was that? About two weeks ago. Um, yeah. And I I mean I I was first off just enthralled when I found the. Your, your Instagram page, uh, one of my friends hooked me up with it and showed me because, you know, being reformed, everybody knows you're reformed if you're reformed sort of thing. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's just like if you do CrossFit or if you're an atheist, yeah. you got to tell everybody. You can't tell everybody. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he showed me and I just thought, what a perfect, perfect thing. There are these peppers. <laughs> uh, and I was, uh, I just loved them from the get go. So, yeah, that's. I mean, so far, the compression pedal, I think, has been a great, handy, handy pedal awesome. that I will forever have on my board. And I don't, awesome. and I'm not, a, a, I'm probably one of the least technologically advanced guitar players ever. I have yeah. a very minimalistic board always because I, I get yeah. confused. And that thing works perfect with Good. You know, the few things that I have. So I love That's it. awesome to hear. That's awesome to hear. Well, um, a lot of people probably know who you are uh, since since you've kind of been on TV. <laughs> uh, but but for those who don't know you, um, who are you? What are you about? Um, and I, I guess kind of some backstory, personal and professional, if you want to. Yeah, so I, uh, I grew up in East Texas, uh, close to real close to Louisiana. But uh, the reason people know me, let me start there, is I was on American Idol. Uh, or as, I, as me and some friends like to call it, American idolatry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we, you're, you're uh, not wrong. You're not yeah, wrong. Not wrong. Not wrong. Uh, awful title, but it was a fun show nonetheless. And I was uh, on that for the last season, not this current season, but the 2018 season that was on ABC and uh, mm-hmm. made it to the finals of it, which was the top five. And uh, yeah, uh, was there and. You know, that was, I don't know where I'm going with that, but that was, that's probably why most people would know me. But um, I started playing music in church. I mean, wowzer, you know, so original. Yeah, right. (laughs) uh, But started there and and, uh, had a little high school band and uh, just kind of played the the local bars, you know, sort of thing. Uh, Because we played like weird, weird classic rock music, like kind of, we tried to be psychedelic in a country town, which didn't work very well. But uh, I mean, I know I, the I know the feeling because I yeah. played metal in the South. So, yeah, so 
you know, it wasn't it wasn't a huge catch, but we were one of the only bands around. Um, and I just kind of worked my way from there. And then uh, I tried out for The Voice one time. That didn't work out and just kind of kept at it for a little while. And I almost gave up at one point and I started going to uh, Liberty University and a lot, uh, don't, don't hate me for it, but uh, we're not going to judge you. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I got, I, I have friends who've gone there. I didn't, uh, I, you know, I was super new just to theology in general. And yeah. my upbringing church wise was uh, totally, honestly, it, it was leaning prosperity gospel, kind of just to the typical American little church. It really wasn't a denomination, mm-hmm. just, a little, you know, we grew up kind of all over the place, sort of thing. And uh, so, when I started reading the Bible in general, I just was just intrigued at the very least and who God was, you know, in my late high school yeah. and into college. And the more I started reading, the more I was, I just was figuring out all these things that sounded weird to me, you know, I, yeah, I, I had sure. differently. And then, so I was like, you know what, I, I really love this. I'd like to go to school for it. So I just tapped in on the internet, best online school in Liberty University came up. So I was like, sure, you know, and uh, yeah, there you go. Took two or three semesters of just basic biblical theology courses, intro into biblical old Testament, new Testament, all that stuff. And, uh, then somewhere in that timeline, I, I was like, you know, I want to give one last throw in the ring for music to see what would happen. Cause being mm, from, yeah. California, it just, it just, you know, it was getting time to, I need to start making some money or something because I'm getting a little old here, you know. Uh, so, <laughs> Come on, man. You're, you're what? You're what, 23? Right? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, uh, so I I decided to try out for American Idol because I saw that it was coming back on and I grew up watching a television show. So, I thought, you know, I'll give it a go. And then it wound up making the finals of the thing which i never ever expected to happen but so i had to put my studies on hold for the that moment because that was about a year of film and living in los angeles and stuff like that so that's also the best thing ever is where i met my wife so she she made it a spot further than me on the show so and she's just a phenomenal superstar wife you know uh her name's gabby barrett by the way for anybody that doesn't know her, uh, and she's she's a she's a wise woman and a, a good Christian woman. I mean it. That's uh, awesome. That's, that's awesome. Like, that's like a little montage of the past couple of years of my life and all that. That's killer. Yeah, my my wife and I also met via music making, but on a much smaller scale, <laughs> where uh, where she plays guitar and and oh. we make we make metal together, and it's oh. awesome. <laughs> Love yeah, it. so I, I I know I know on the smaller scale how how awesome it is to uh to have a musical wife who also loves Jesus or I guess a wife who loves Jesus and also <laughs> makes music I guess is how we should put it right yeah right yeah that's exactly right and she does uh, she she's just I mean she's a stellar Christian woman I, I mean I every day I find things I'm learning from her you know patience actually loving people you know <laughs> all those things like I, every day she shows me how big of a sinner i am but she's so gracious toward me you know just encouraging all around you know that is so. awesome that's awesome let's talk uh if you don't mind a little bit about the uh the american idolatry <laughs> experience uh, yeah. uh so so you had to move out to los angeles and basically you'd lived there for a year in this process right yeah. 
Yeah, for the most part, that was uh, it was a little back and forth, but not too much. I mean, we were there a long time, um, and it was uh, yeah, it was about a year long process overall because you went and you auditioned like two or three times before you got to see the quote celebrity judges, you know, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I did that in New Orleans. And then a couple of months later, you know, you just sit around basically by the phone waiting for them to say, yeah, you can come out or, you know, they never call you. So mm-hmm. uh, for about three months, I just sat there waiting for them to say whether or not I would make it to Hollywood week, even though they did give you yeses. They still kind of really have to vet some people because there's some people, you know, they come in, they don't know a lot about them and they've got like a criminal history. So, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, uh so, but got to around January 2018 was when we went to Hollywood and we stayed there basically till May. Um, you know, I mean, but the, just the process of it was started in July of the previous. Wow. So it was just a long drawn out thing. And then we went on a three month tour right after the show that was went over into uh, September. So, you know, I mean, it was a big chunk of a year of work. You know, that takes that. It, it's it it really is a lot more time i guess than anybody would expect for really anything because you know like you watch a you watch a football game you know rivalry week was this week um i'm a i'm a lifelong clemson fan so you know i'm not begrudging anymore after the last couple of years uh but you know people kind of think oh yeah they just show up on saturday do their thing and whatever but no they're putting in like 30 hours of practice that week really, yeah it really is i mean i spent uh, you know, once I decided to go after it and I understood that, you know, I have a good chance at it. I mean, I just, I studied music and was just trying to figure out what's the, honest, you got to pick the very best songs. You know what I mean? You really do. Mm-hmm. But if they don't pick them for you. You really got to know your stuff and make sure you're singing the most confidently and the best thing you can sing. Yeah. And so I just, sure. I started, I started just learning a ton of songs and singing them trying to figure out because all that whole process i was also learning how to sing because i've never been a real singer i was always a guitar player that sang Mm, yeah and so that's that's my joke is that you know they let a guitar player nearly beat all of them you know (laughs) i don't i just don't that's not something i ever focused on was singing like i focused on guitar playing right and then the singing was just kind of there because there wasn't a singer but then I got on there and I realized how bad of a singer I was, <laughs> you know, especially my wife. I mean, she and she's the greatest singer, I think, in the world. Seriously, just uh, I, I've not heard anybody that could sing better than her. Um, but, you know, uh, just trying to learn how to do all that. That was a lot of a lot of learning, mm-hmm. a lot of sitting down, painstakingly figuring things out sort of thing. And it was worth it, though. You know what I mean? It really was. So what do you what do you think uh, kind of the most eye opening moment or lesson that you learned uh, in terms of music or musical performance in that in that process was? Mm. So I'm, I'm sure there are a bunch. <laughs> there are a bunch, and it's hard to pin one down. I mean, there's a ton of them. Uh, musically speaking, um, it, it really did show me that. I mean, I can tie it into the Lord as well. Just just due to you know, what I tell people now uh, when they go and try out for these things, it kind of sums it up, is that the Lord's really given us all posts to stand at and work at, right? Yeah. Like we're yeah. given jobs to do. 
in this in this kingdom thing. And so you do you. I mean, I don't want to sound like the culture that they're like, oh, embrace your <laughs> sin and stuff. I'm not talking about that. No, embrace no. Sin and, and die unto yourself. But but unto the part of you've got a job to do and, and do it. Don't try to be a Chris Stapleton. You know, be a you, like you with your pedals and stuff like that. You are yeah, making yeah. pedals and you're making an effect where you're at. You know, so <laughs> literally. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that that's that was one of the most important takeaways was stay at your post, do your duty, you know, uh, mm. because it can be it, even on a scale like a television show. Uh, go make an impact for Christ being the best one you can be, the best one of you you can be, you know. Yeah. You're a, yeah. You're, you're a finger. You're a, a toe. Be the best toe you can be or whatever it is, you know. Love right. it. Love <laughs> it. <laughs> so so in terms of being a, a Christian in that environment, what was that like? Did you experience and I'm not saying to, you know, dish on one of the celebrity hosts or whatever. Like I'm not asking about that, but uh like was there any hostility? Was there any awkwardness with some of that? Or did they did they really just kind of give you the freedom to be who you are? They, uh, they, to me, they did. I, I don't know what it was. The Lord must have just really put something, you know, where I could, I could just talk about it. Cause I would, I, they never were weird to me about it. They, everybody knew I was a Christian, um, and I was explicitly about it. I mean, I had yeah. two of the other contestants ask me, you know, like point blank, uh, very early on, they were like, well, what do you think about homosexuality? You know what I mean? Like just, Oh man. Yeah. You know, just straight uh, up litmus, litmus test yeah. right there. <laughs> so, I, mean, I told him, I mean, I, I really did. You know, I, it's sin, and it's, it's God abhors it, but He loves sinners, and won't you come along? <laughs> you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, but they and something about those two people, we're still great friends. You know what I mean? They're they're they were always kind to me. I think they appreciated the forwardness that I wasn't about to, you know, hide my hide the light about it, but. um Everybody, I don't know. It it never got contentious. It never got awkward or weird. It was always just straightforward, and we all loved each other the whole season. I loved everybody that was there. You That's know? awesome. Um, and I'll tell you what. One of the first days I was there, um, there was a guy. He's he was talking to some other people about the Bible, and he was like, "Well, you know, it was written by men, and uh, you know, there's some stories that are kind of contradictory and all that stuff." And I'm fresh out of. You know, I just took two semesters of Bible school, so I were, mean, were you cage staging a little bit? <laughs> I was. I was just like, I was like a dog sniffing around, like <laughs> saying something that's slightly out of line here. And so I, w- I went over and talked to him. Uh, I don't even remember how the conversation went, but uh, I made it real awkward. I know that much, you know, because he <laughs> most of those people, most of those people, what they're used to is they say those things even to Christians, and they're just like, well, yeah, I guess, but Jesus right. is still love, and we're all good. They're not used to people actually having something to say back and saying, no, that's not true what you're saying. You're misrepresenting. Right. You right. Know, and then it's because it just makes them awkward, and then they're like, well, uh, okay, but what about this? You know, <laughs> so, you know, most of the time I figured out people will just Google um contradictions in the bible and they'll pick three of the top list and yeah. that's it so like god if you can peg through the top three you got them you know yeah yeah exactly it's it kind of 
like, are you familiar with uh, like Saiten Bruggenkate or uh, Van Til or any of those presuppositional guys? Yeah, where, with, you know, the the by what standard guys, yeah. uh, you know, Jeff Durbin, James White, um, um, where it's, you know, a, lo- a lot of people just haven't even thought that far. <laughs> You've got them on one question, yeah, you know, true. and then and then you can you can basically get them to question their entire worldview with with one question. And that's one. It's a lot of fun to do, <laughs> but, yeah. but two, it, it gets to the point really, right. really quick. All right. No, I agree. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so you're doing now that you're done with American Idol and that tour and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, you've kind of settled on country music. Yeah. Uh, where where you did? I know on American Idol for, for one of them you did uh, all along the Watchtower mm-hmm. and uh, and which is not country. Right. And then you ended up doing country kind of yeah with the full time music thing. How'd you land there? Well. So the so yeah on the show I did more more of a rock feel um, and that's because I had in high school kind of gotten into uh, that that scene I just got into Hendrix and Fleetwood Mac and C. Ray Vaughan Eric Clapton all those all those mm. older guys yeah uh, just really heavily influenced again because I was more of a guitar player like I was more into that and so that just bled through all the way up to the show really so that's what i was doing that's what i was comfortable with for the most part and uh, that's why i did it on the show but um as time grows on i, I just uh, i miss home i miss the i miss, started missing the feeling of home and the feeling of home was country music sort of thing and, and yeah then, of course being with my wife gabby she does country and she just kind of overall you know rekindled my love for that and uh and as, if you just watch my singles as as they've come out, I've had about four or five come out, and they've progressively moved more southern sort of thing. So sure. now I would say uh, my real goal here musically is uh, like a southern rock, country rock thing, you know. And mm-hmm. that's really and that's really prevalent on the country radio anyway. And so. It, and it's just an easier market to break into is something me and Gabby has figured out. You know, she's been doing country, I've been doing rock, and it just it's just hard to get into the rock scene sort of thing. So yeah, yeah. And I and it's just it, it's not that it's something uh, weird to me. You know, I'm not some Californian sitting here. Well, I guess I'll try country as like right, a, right. <laughs> you know, but I I grew up listening to country music. I grew up rodeoing. I calf roped and team roped. And, Re- uh, real deal. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, not what, what we say something about a, you know, the guy sitting there talking about a, a an old Ford when he's driving a Mercedes Benz car. You know? Exactly. <laughs> so, not, not that sort of thing. It's a little more, a little more true to me. For sure. So how how then does it translate? Since you're coming from such a guitar heavy background, like I know you listened to um, country growing up and all that, but at the same time. Like you want to, you want to write, you know, tasty riffs. Right. Right. And, and, and often, uh, there, there really are a lot of great country guitarists, but at least in the radio format, those riffs kind of get buried in that mix a little bit. So how, how then does that change your approach or how do you adapt your songwriting or production or whatever with that? You know, uh, we're figuring that out right now. Uh, uh, we've gotten with, 
I'm starting to get with some uh, more country producers and things like that. I'm actually meeting one tomorrow uh, to kind of decide how we're going to go about that, that whole thing of how do we, how do we include everything and make it true to what I've been doing yet? You know, something that the general public would like, you know, because I've done, I've done the weird stuff in high school and no one likes it. So I'm okay, I'm okay with uh, sacrificing some some weird artistic preferences. Right. You know I mean, uh, I've, I've just gotten to that point where I, I'm I'm okay with it because it's not it doesn't it doesn't mean that you're sacrificing anything you believe in musically or anything like that. I, I just right. You know what I mean? I've got a family now. <laughs> to yeah, you, you got to put foot on food on the table. Yeah. It's a little different, so I'm not too worried about maintaining Cade's artistic personality. I'm, I'm more about making good music, but doing it for the sake of uh, my first call, and that is to be a husband and one day a, a dad, so, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so with you being, uh, let's, get, let's get to how you became, like, really reformed, like that thought process in a minute, but, I mean... You're super Christian, super reformed, but you're putting out uh, general market country music or Southern rock or whatever. Um, how often do you get the question of, well, why aren't you making worship music yeah. or what have you? Well, I mean, I don't get it a lot. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I, I'm the only one who ever really asked myself that, I think, over the years. Um, because it was something... I really, I, the more I got, the more, you know, uh, sanctified I got, I guess, you know, the more, <laughs> the more I thought, okay, uh, how, how is this God honoring? How does yeah. this, how will this matter whenever I see him? And right. that was something I really struggled with for a long time. And that was, I was really, I was heavily thinking and I still think about a lot just uh, something that I love to do, I love to preach. I love to uh, read the word aloud and talk about it to people. I love that's that. awesome. Um, it, it's just it's just like the old uh, the meme that's been going around of if if you can't afford a seminary education, just pick a fight with a Calvinist and you'll get lectures yeah, for free. <laughs> so it really is. It, I mean, but I, you know, uh, more than the lecture part of it, I I love the gospel. I really do. I love just everything about it the fact that christ has died on behalf of us and the work is finished that right. is that should be your rally cry when you wake up in the morning you know what i mean and i yeah. love to encourage people with that to say we we have we have won the war he has won the war for us and now we get to go out and and make it happen sort of and thing. that's and that's so. that's something that's missing in uh, the the work is finished. In, yeah. In terms of our salvation, yeah, like you listen, you listen to like you know I have the the Osteen distortion as a pedal. Yeah. Uh, you listen, yeah. you listen to someone like Joel Osteen or any of the Prosperity guys, and and the work isn't finished. Right. Uh, it's it's you complete it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's you complete it. It's you have to do all of these things, and that makes you right, or that helps you step into your destiny, whatever that means in the first place. Or whatever that means. Yeah, and it's it really is all about what you do, and and Jesus gets the work of Christ gets minimized, and that's that right. that just that irritates me. Uh, it, it should irritate any Christian, honestly. It really should, yeah. And that's uh, that whole thing, you know, along with uh, just just in general, uh, I a longing to 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 just yell at the mountaintops. Uh, yeah, Christ has 
has reconciled the world to himself. Now you be reconciled. I, that, that's, that idea is something that's been in my mind just just since I started reading the Bible. It's just right. when I finally figured out, oh, this is what this is. You know, yeah, yeah. I figured that out. That so so began as soon as I figured that out. Okay, what does music mean then for me? And for right. a while, I thought, hmm, I don't know that I need to be doing this. And, yeah. Uh, so I was leaning more toward I'm going to do seminary. I'm going to become a pastor or a missionary. I was kind of on either side of those. Um, and. I don't know, just the more I got along and began reading people like Martin Luther and stuff like that, and I saw that quote, that famous quote he made about the shoemaker, of the shoemaker doesn't doesn't put little crosses on all of his shoes. He makes good shoes. Right. Uh, because God is interested in good craftsmanship, and that's a paraphrase of that. But that's essentially what he was saying, and that really resonated with me because I feel like a part of me is, is not being done if I'm not producing, making, you know, like coming out of me some sort of music, you know? Right, I mean? right. And I don't think everybody is supposed to be a, 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 a pastor, you know what I mean? Obviously. Right. Uh, you know, <laughs> there, I, there's requirements yeah, in there, right? <laughs> there's requirements in there. You know, all the women aren't pastors. All the little babies that are just born aren't, aren't supposed to be pastors, you know what I mean? And we need janitors and we need, uh, you know, works, worksmen of some sort. Uh, and yeah. so the more I started seeing that, the more I was like, okay, I can make this music, make it good, make it the best out there. And that's what me and Gabby also talk about all the time is, and I tell her is that you be the best one out there because yeah. they're going to look back at you and say, what is different about her? And it is, yeah. that she's a Christian and she's the best artist because why is why are Christians why should we be the best musicians and best artists? It is because we know and appreciate true beauty, right? Because right. we know him who made beauty, who made the trees and made the best art out there. You know, not every tree outside and every leaf has a cross on it either. You know what I mean? And God made those things. Mm. So but they point back to something beautiful. They point back to something uh, logical and that uh, has thought into it, you know, sort of thing. And so over the years, that's just kind of where I wound up is that I can be the best one that there is. Make wholesome stuff. Now, I'm not saying make the best dirty music you can make. I don't think no, no appropriate. I don't think that it's... Uh, I, I think people who... who uh, claim the name of Christ and then they write things that are filthy and are okay with that. I think there's sure. a grave inconsistency that uh, could point to a deeper issue within the person if they're okay with singing those things. Now that's where the issue would be. If you're singing some things, you know, that are just totally trash and then say you're a Christian, I, I, I don't see how that lines up, like how your heart would not turn and thwart within you singing those things, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think, I think even the question of, well, you're a Christian, why aren't you making uh, worship music? I mean, it, obviously we believe that all of life is to the glory of God and therefore is right. worship. Uh, we right. don't ask, we don't ask the professional athlete why they aren't, uh, <laughs> why they aren't, uh, competing in 
Christian professional sports right. leagues. Right, exactly. <laughs> Where you well, know, not not every single song has to be has right. to be it as well with my soul again. <laughs> right, that's so true. And uh, you know, just to think about the football guy, I mean, we're we're to go out and redeem the time. We're, yeah. we're uh, ter- turn the world upside down for Christ. We can't turn the world upside down for Christ if we are just doing our Christian thing. Uh, we're supposed to go out and make it all Christian. Make it right. Make. make Make football where the best athletes are Christians. Make doctor's offices or the best schools are the Christian schools. The best doctor offices are the the Christian doctors, you know, whatever it is. You know the best scientist or the Christian scientist. You not the not not the religion. Not the. I, <laughs> not the, I say that. My right. No. Goes, absolutely. No. 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 Not that. Uh, <laughs> not 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 the people that led to word of faith doctrine. The yeah, actual science and actual Christians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but you you get the point. The, absolutely. The yeah. You're speaking my language, man. Because you know I I keep seeing so much so much just trash entertainment put out by Christians and so much of it, especially in the movie movie sector is, is ultimately a bait and switch for a cheap gospel presentation. It really is. And it's, Uh, it's, Hey, make sure, make sure your agnostic and atheist friends come see this movie because we're going to try and lead them in a sinner's prayer at the end. No, I agree. Yeah. It's not, it's just not any good anyway. I wouldn't go watch that mess. I mean, it's so boring and cheesy. Who would want to go see that? And and poor, poorly made. Uh, even even like the the bigger name quote unquote movies so often are just really poorly made. They are. That's and I haven't. I, I mean, we in our youth group in high school, we watched some of them, and I remember thinking then, is it a sin for me to think this is bad? Because this is bad. Seriously, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, let's get to how did you become reformed. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, reading the Bible, I would say. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Uh, that would really be it, because that is, that's what reformed, changed me sort of thing. Because, I mean, I grew up about as opposite to a Calvinist reformed guy you could too. possibly yeah. imagine. I just, that was not even in my vocabulary. I didn't know what it was. I knew Funny, funny thing. The one of the only things I remember from high school uh, in history class. I did love history. That was one of my favorite subjects. Everything else I was not good at, and I did not. I did so poorly. But history was something I did love. And one thing I'll never forget. I don't know how I remember it, but my teachers started talking about the Reformation and Martin Luther and John Calvin. Mm. And then, it, then he talked about how John Calvin was this crazy guy who believed in predestination. <laughs> and I was like, that's so stupid. How could he possibly think predestination is, is true or whatever, you know? Yeah. And uh, my teacher thought so too. And we all, uh, the whole class agreed um, because of where we were, you know, uh, we had no clue our history as Christians, you know, we had no clue who we were and a, a large majority of people still don't. But uh, luckily the Lord just led me to his word Right out of high school, I just was like, you know, I really, I want to know God. I want to know who he is. And I know he's in this Bible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I know he's here. Um, and so I just started reading, reading a lot. And uh, I had someone tell me, uh, one of my, oh, my youth pastor from my high school. Uh, I told him that I heard a John Piper sermon. 
and I like John Piper from the get go. I was like, it's it is a running it's a running joke on this podcast that we have to mention John Piper at least once. I mean, you really do. Thanks for for filling that quota for us. Yeah, you're welcome. So, but (laughs) here's the thing. Here's the thing. I mean, I totally get. Look, I saw the memes. See the memes about you know John Piper's gateway drug for. Reform theology or whatever he was for me. Him and uh, yeah. him and Mark Driscoll before Driscoll burned his church yeah. down. Yeah, right. So uh, that's I mean, but you know, glory to God that there is someone who is leading young people to reform theology. You know, what yeah. a wonderful thing. Even though I mean, it's uh, you know, I mean, I'm just so thankful. Like I really am for that guy's ministry. Um, and. So I, I heard one of his sermons. It wasn't. It was not a reformed sermon, tip, other than the fact that it was, you know, full of Christ. You know, it wasn't like a, uh, you know, five points of Calvinism sermon or anything like that. Right. I heard a general sermon, but I mean, namely, uh, the hearing the phrase for the first time, "God is most glorified in us when we're most satisfied in Him," and I was like, "Wow, that's yeah. amazing!" Yeah. So I went and uh, talked to my youth pastor about it. Because we were still sort of friends, or you know, I would go visit him, and he said, "Well, you got to watch out for that Piper guy. He's a Calvinist." And I was like, oh, "What is that?" I don't mm-hmm. know what that. And then he re- he didn't really explain it to me what it was, but and then I went out and and started figuring out what it was, and I was like, "Oh no, this can't be true. This is craziness. I'm gonna I'm gonna re- rebuttal this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make it make sure in my brain that this isn't true." And just out of a study of trying to to make sure it wasn't true, I found out it was very true. Um, yeah, and I'm tell I I'm still probably one of the only Calvinists where I'm from. You know, period. I, I've never met another one from my area. No, um, sure. So uh, just uh, yeah, just reading the Bible and trying to disprove it kind of made it just made sense to me. And then it kind of came to the point of this makes God. Uh, far bigger than I ever thought he was. Exactly. This, yeah. this makes this makes me want to love and adore him all the more because I realize now even more so that truly uh, my salvation does not depend on me. Right. You know, and that he truly didn't see something in me worth grabbing. It was just that he grabbed me. And right. You know, his church. And so I was like, well, I'm down if I'm the only one in the whole world, because I thought I kind of was me and John Piper. And then I started hearing him quote other people. And so I would look them up and and so led me to MacArthur and uh, Edwards and the dead guys. And so it goes, you know, awesome. That's, that's that is story. that's killer. It it. it the the Piper influence is definitely what what brought me in. I actually, and this is kind of relevant for you being in the in the Nashville area, um, since they're kind of a hotbed for this. Is I grew up in the Church of Christ. Our listeners know that. Oh really? And, uh, yeah. So absolutely nothing with the predestination kind of thing. Uh, you know, you could you could make the the accusation for at least some of them. Uh, not all of them. That's kind of one of the weird hard things to pin them down. Is you know you could probably make a an accusation of Pelagianism for at least some of them. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot about, Hey, you need to go get baptized and then, then you're saved. And then whatever after that. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of workspace type stuff. And it's all about you. Um, as opposed to when I, when I stumbled onto Piper 
Driscoll, it's like, no, it's not about what you do. What you do is only in response uh, right. to what God and uh, and you live your life completely on the basis of what God already did for you. Right. And and yeah. when you have that paradigm shift, it you know obviously you're going to go cage stage for a little bit. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's I mean, yeah. I have the classic stories of being in a in a college group, and I tried to steer every single conversation back to that. Oh yeah, we we every almost almost not everybody, but most every yeah. every new Calvinist will try to do that, right? Yeah, it, it's so true. But you know, I mean, it really was because in my mind, I was like, "Do y'all see the fire on the hill? You know, look at it. It's amazing. You know, yeah, it, it's uh, I, it, it, exactly what you just said though is what really just revolutionized my heart in a way, you know, uh, and reoriented the way I thought about life in general was that this is not about me. God is not about so much about me, but about his glory and us enjoying the glory, us enjoying yep. his goodness. And uh, this, of course, not to say that he doesn't care about us or whatever, but I'm just saying when you think God is solely about you particularly, and not even corporately about the church, but particularly we, we in America, we just made it about, it's me and God, period. Like, in it, it, I can go fish in my boat on Sunday and drink a beer and be with God just as well as I can in the church. And I, I mean... But for real, I'm probably going to drink a beer after this podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But we've moved it from the corporate to the single. To yeah. just, it's me God's okay with me, how I am, where I'm at. He'll love, you know, the, all the cliches that we get from Hobby Lobby in our, you know, our theology, <laughs> our, our deepest theology hangs on our wall, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, instead of in our Bibles. And so uh, that, that whole thing just completely, you know, slapped me in the back of the neck of like, wow. Yeah. He, he, he loves his glory, and it's good that he loves his glory. Yeah, yeah. For someone who's never listened to this pod, podcast, you're saying a whole lot of the same stuff that we keep saying. Yeah. <laughs> Where, uh, I mean, God, like, I, I harp on American evangelicalism for being too uh, too individualistic. Like, it's, you know, the some of the individualism that we have in the U.S. is, is a good thing that, you know, individual liberties and stuff like that freedom of conscience um i don't know if i've talked about the second amendment at all but you know black friday was pretty awesome for me um <laughs> and and i am a good southerner um yeah. so at least in that regard um but <laughs> but at the same time in the church we've taken that way too far uh, and you're you're exactly right the i'm just gonna go fishing or i remember uh seeing you know people like uh rachel held evans uh, posting, you know, this is my church today. And she, you know, was propped up on a beach chair or something. It's like, no, God has ordained and commanded that he be worshiped, uh, corporately weekly, you know, and and you're not to give that up just willy nilly. But that's, I mean, that in general, I've talked to several people about this and it just seems to go right over the head. But, uh, if I go out into the street and I pick up a rock and I call it Jesus, it, uh, you know what I mean? And I completely forsake the Bible and I say, this is Jesus. Am I wrong mm. for that? Uh, because he has defined how he is to be worshipped, how 
he ought to be looked at, how he ought to be referred to. Uh, yep. I mean, all those things, and you know the famous saying, don't put God in a box. Me and Gabby both say all the time to people, God has already put himself in a Bible-sized box. So yeah. Go to it. You know what I mean? He has defined who he is. And if, if I, same thing with my wife. If I, if I tell you a, a thousand things about my wife and then you meet her and you're like, everything you just told me about your wife is totally opposite to who she is. You would mm-hmm. say, you don't, you don't know your wife very well. Oh you my, know? oh my gosh, dude, you're using literally the same illustrations I do. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I mean, you know, yeah. Cause like, cause yeah, like I've used this illustration a billion times is, is my wife is five foot nine and she dyes her hair bright red. And if I start talking about how she's five foot two with blonde hair and blue eyes, it, you know, it, it do, does not compute. Right. Right. Doesn't compute. And she would take that as a total offense. Also, yeah. for, don't forget that, that that would be an offense to her. You yeah. say uh, maybe maybe not to be too quirky here, but depart from me. I never knew you. <laughs> you oh, know? goodness. Uh, so I think that's that's largely the case. I, I just shared a thing on my Instagram story the other day. I guess it was a Ligonier thing, I, but it was one of the reform pages that shared it um, uh, where they went around asking people just general questions. Are you a Christian? Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. all said yes. <laughs> you know, every one of them said yes. And then they started asking just fundamental, basic questions. Do you right. add anything to your salvation? And mm-hmm. everyone said yes. Right. In some sort of form or fashion of yes. Like, uh, well, yeah, I mean, you can't can't expect them to do all the work, you know. And you're just like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, I have no... Because it is not Christianity. It's paganism. That's what that is. Yeah, yeah. and I was, I was just listening to a Apologia talk with uh, Stephen Bancars, who's a former New Age guy, and he referenced this Pew Research survey that I that I looked up, and I actually had it pulled up on my phone anyway. Uh, so this is really convenient. So thanks for <laughs> giving me that ammo. Uh, yeah. where, where they interviewed uh, proclaimed Christians, and, and not just Christians, but basically everybody, um, but particularly in the evangelical Christian world, this was pretty concerning where all they asked was uh, of four new age beliefs as a Christian, do you hold any of these? And 47% of evangelical Christians had at least one of those where you have uh, believing in psychics, reincarnation, astrology, yeah. or that spiritual energy can be located in physical things. And, and it's like, it's it's really just like what you've been talking about and what we talk about on this podcast all the time. Anyways, read your daggum Bible. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's that. Like, if you, you know, want to know God, he he put himself in that box. Right. But it's readily accessible to you. Yeah, and that's that is so true. But uh, I mean that. But that again, if you look at just American history, it is from that that is sprouted a fruit. Those these are fruits from poor preaching. Um, Yep. And uh, also just the, the, the signs and the wonders and all the things that they come out, it kind of manifests now in this idea of where the modern day Christian is like, well, I kind of feel who Jesus is more than I read who Jesus is. Yeah. It's sprouted from the poor preaching of the, the, the early days of Pentecostalism and all those things that were so prevalent recently. Yeah, where that was the honest goodness, that was the majority of all of our parents or grandparents was that mm-hmm. teaching, 
and it's 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 made its way to this today where we're we're basically pagans with Christian yeah. names because right. we, we're like, well, I feel more of Jesus in this way. Or I feel more of Jesus when I call him Buddha, you know, or whatever. Oh man, yeah, yeah. yeah and and like what you're what you're not saying, you're not decrying certain genres or styles of worship music or certain aesthetics, like whether you have pews or chairs or mm-hmm. whether you turn the lights down or whether you keep them all all the house lights on. You're not talking right. about any of that. It's what's the substance behind yeah. all of that? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, totally. Yeah. What. You know, I mean, is Christ the center of the preaching? Period. And I think that's where solid uh, podcast, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah we, but, you know, very that, cool. That's I mean, just sum that up. That uh, I feel like that's where a lot of it goes haywire. Is when it it's no the gospel's just not center. Like uh, we feel like we've outgrown. You know, give me something else besides the blood stuff. You know. Oh man, yeah, yeah. And, where you get into the weird stuff, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, that's that's really good. I have one more question for you, and then uh, we'll get into our two listener questions. Um, so you've put out a bunch of singles, and feel free to feel free to sidestep this, since I know there's uh, contracts and all that kind of stuff in the music world. Uh, had a bunch of singles come out. When can we expect uh, an EP or a full length? Um, I don't know. I really don't. Like, and I'm, I'm not sidestepping that one because I, I right. would say if I knew uh, because I'm just literally uh, again I'm going to meet with uh, a guy tomorrow. I, we're 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 all trying to figure out okay what really trying to pinpoint a sound for an album or an EP. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the the goal right now because I've moved so far to the right. You know, from yeah. rock to country. I'm trying to really nail something down uh sound wise and that's kind of our our goal right now that's just in the in the immediate front burner kind of thing sure absolutely all right well we'll take a break here and we'll come right back uh with our listener questions uh here on the westminster effects doxology podcast i was born country and that's what i'll always be like the rivers and the Does God run out of patience? How do we bridge the gap between understanding and application of Scripture? How do I deal with my kids who have left the faith? Does God forget our sin? Join the discussion on all these topics and more on the All 7 Days podcast, where Stan, who also happens to be my dad, and Trevor take your questions and answer them from the perspective of a couple of church members just having a discussion about spiritual matters. Subscribe to the All 7 Days podcast today on Apple, Google, Spotify, Overcast, or your other favorite podcast listening platform, and check out all7days.com. And we are back uh, here via the interwebs with one Cade Fainer uh, with the Inquisition. Uh, Matthew Montgomery, actually, no, we're going to save that one for the, for last. Uh, Brian Morris, friend of the show, who, uh, Cade, this dude literally has, for as long as we've done the questions, he has submitted one every time. <laughs> <laughs> and he almost always gets on there. Uh, so shout out to Brian. 
Uh, how do you still observe the Lord's Day when you're unable to attend church uh, due to touring and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, well, me and Gabby, uh, I, you know, we're often on different schedules, you know, right. doing, you know, different careers and whatnot. Uh, but, uh, you know, most of so that, that means that most Sundays, you know, she's here, she goes, or I'm here and I go. Um, but usually um, I'll just, honest to goodness, I pray for the church. Like I, I'll sit there and I'll pray uh, just for our church specifically and then the church at large. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'll have my devotional time or i'll i really will i'll get on uh, online and and stream something and I, of course that doesn't at all i don't want to be those guys like oh you can just totally sit at home and sit on your computer and that's church i don't think that's church but i do think with our jobs and and the gifts of work we've been given that's just the best we're doing right now you know right right um and we have before so like when we did the idol tour it was straight three months. No, we didn't. We never went home for three right. months. And so what we did there, we would go to churches and visit. And we often still do that when we're together. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we'll, we'll go. We'll find a church that we'll research it a little bit. If we know we're going to be in a specific town on a Sunday morning, and we'll go there, um, and you know, just enjoy fellowship with other believers. Um, but. And that's to us, as far as we can discern, that's that's the most we can do, you know, in, in regards to especially traveling all the time and doing all that. Um, but, you know, I mean, if something else comes up, that's that's what we'll do. But we try yeah. to be as faithful as we can where we're at. Yeah, know? that's that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you hear so much about uh, like particularly in like the, the louder genres. You know, I think of, of guys like Under Oath or whatever, where. You know, they they started out as a Christian band and now, you know, the the main dudes are coming out like, yeah, we don't even believe in God anymore. And you got to you got to think, you know, some of that was due to them not being under spiritual authority, not really really rooting themselves and stuff like that. Um, Matthew Montgomery has a well, it's really a two part question. We'll we'll do uh, the second part first. Um, Have you gotten any? Uh, positivity or negative pushback for regularly posting extremely reformed quotes. <laughs> extremely reformed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Gabby, she'll, you know, I mean, I just, <laughs> everything goes back to my, my sweet little wife. She's, I don't know, she's just involved in everything, but yeah. Uh, you know, she, she does too. She'll, she'll get me sometimes because, you know, I, you know, I just, I don't have the ability. I, my mind is Okay. Some people are going to see the Lord tonight, you know, this evening. Yeah. What can I say? <laughs> and so sometimes I will, I will say some, some things that I look back on. I'm like, mm, that was a little harsh, you yeah. know, but I just, I was just, sometimes I get in my mind. And I'm like, I got to put this up. I got to say this, or I got to do that. And, um, you know, I have gotten, you know, several messages, um, often get several messages of, you know, because uh, I'll post stuff about Roman Catholics, I'll do stuff about uh, Joel Osteen, uh, and because yeah. I, I just don't care, you know, in a regards to to upsetting people. Because in my mind, when I get upset and something confronts me, it's usually when I will really deal with it and really like try to dive into either because I want someone to go in to try to prove me wrong. Mm-hmm. Because when I I tried to prove Calvinism wrong, and I was proved wrong. You know what I mean? Because it was true. Right. right. Someone who's just 
I'm and of course I'm, uh, which is maybe not as good, but I'm I'm assuming people are going to be consistent with truth, you know, which is not always true, but mm-hmm. um, it, just in my mind, uh, whenever I do post something or whatever, I, I I want someone to at least try to prove me wrong or to to get jabbed about it enough to look it up or whatever. Yeah. Um, and and so, you're not you're not doing it just to irritate people. Right. Or you're not doing it just to just start to an argument. Around. It's yeah. it's you're trying I, to pull them closer to truth. Yeah, I'm just yeah, because in my mind I do I think about it all the time. Like, we're we're given a pretty <clears throat> big platform here, you know, um, and it's it's something we should be really good stewards about. And one thing for sure that I don't I, I I'm quite scared of 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 being accused of by the Lord, you know, at the end. <laughs> yeah. Because you, you did, you had a lot of people who were paying attention to you and you were scared to upset them. You mm. know? So I'd rather be a little on the other edge of it because my, again, my goal is not to start an argument because I often don't answer people back when they're rude or whatever. I just don't, I don't, cause I'm not right. interested in argument. I'm the, that's right. not what I'm interested in. I just want someone to see it. And for it at least to convict their conscience of some sort or, or whatever, you know, so that maybe 10 years from now they'll look back and be like, yeah, that was true, you know, yeah, or whatever. So, yeah, I've got a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of negative comments back, Matthew, uh, and a lot of positive ones too. People being like, you know, I'm so happy you and Gabby stand for truth and, and y'all aren't ashamed of the gospel because we're not. That's what's up, man. Uh, Matthew's other question, how do you manage to make your hair as majestic as Spurgeon's beard? <laughs> uh, I mean, probably not caring. That would probably be the number one ingredient. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if I really... The only thing like I care about is the top of it. It annoys me, uh, and it bothers the crap out of me. So I have my hands in it all the time just getting it out of my face. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, that's, but I don't, I don't really put any special sauce in it. I don't, um, I really, I just don't, I don't do a lot to it. A, re- a hairspray to keep it out of my face, and that's really it. I don't <laughs> put anything else in it. So, awesome. yeah. it's so it's, it's, it's basically natural minus the hairspray. Yeah. That's, that's impressive. That's impressive. Um, so where can people, where can people find your music or follow you on social media? Yeah, so uh, everything is YouTube, uh, you know, music videos and all that jazz is on my YouTube. It's just Kay Thainer. My All my music is on every music platform out there, uh, just, again, under my name. And then all my socials are my name as well, Kay Thainer. That's it. And and how do we spell Thainer? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, it is spelled <laughs> F-O-E-H-N-E-R. It is German, and that is why it's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> my wife is actually working toward being fluent in German, so she'll, she'll get a kick out of that. Uh, very cool. Anything you want to leave uh, our listeners with, maybe even uh, in particular, since most of these dudes are church guitarists and whatnot? Yeah. Um, and just serve the Lord faithfully at, at your, at your designated post, you know, I mean, do it and do it well. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, on that note, make sure you follow us and comment on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe on iTunes and Spotify and leave a five-star review. You can support the show at anchor.fm where you can donate money and help us improve. If you pledge to donate $10 a month for a year, you get your choice of a Piper Drive version 2 
or a Wycliffe fuzz. Uh, Cade, are you cool with us leaving them uh, with one of your songs? Totally. Let's awesome. Well, here's here's something from Cade Fainer. Cade, thanks a ton for coming on the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast. Thank you all so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs>